Has the Toronto Raptors turnaround been real? Why does Nick Nurse seemingly have one foot out the door? We'll talk about that. Welcome into the Locked On NBA Playoff Preview. I'm Nick Engstead of Locked On NBA and joined by Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors to give you everything you need to know about the Toronto Raptors going into the playoffs. Sean, let's leave the Nick Nurse thing aside for just a second. What's been the biggest on-court story for this Raptors team that is it was bad at the beginning of the season and now is kind of just like has gotten better? Yeah, I think the the, the biggest story is Jakob Pertl's arrival kind of fixed a lot of what was ailing the Raptors. They're not a great team with Jakob Pertl. They're like 15 and 11. They have the 17th best offense, sixth best defense, which is very nice. Uh, but like they're just like a normal basketball team with Jakob Pertl. Before Yak's arrival, they were trying to play a, basically a vision zero at the center position, right? No centers whatsoever. <laughs> a little bit of Christian Coloco, the rookie second round pick off the bench. But for the most part, they were rolling with six, nine dudes and hoping that they could, you know, with a very aggressive scrambling style of defense, cause a lot of havoc and, you know, just kind of win with length. Problem is, is none of those guys really offered big man skills and the Raptors badly needed someone who could, I don't know, set a screen or catch the ball on the roll or score it around the basket. And when they brought Yakupertal in, you factor in his rim protection as well, which really made the Raptors scrambling defense actually work better because there's a guy to clean up the messes that leak through with the way they play. And it just is a basketball team that makes sense. They still have a lot of flaws. They're not super deep. They can't shoot the three worth a damn, but <laughs> they are a real basketball team that plays real recognizable basketball again. And that has led to them being pretty decent down the stretch. What is the playoff rotation for this Raptors team? So give me the starting five, the couple of players that are going to play off the bench, and then is there anybody on the bubble that you're looking at? I mean, the bubble might be anyone who's not a starter. Uh, <laughs> Nick Nurse <laughs> loves to play his starters a whole lot of minutes. That's his whole thing when he's trying to win a game, you know, a one-off you know, situation. He will ride his starters 40-plus minutes. He does not care, and I would expect that's going to be the case in the play-in against the Bulls. Uh, you know, there will be guys who play Gary Trent Jr. His three point shooting is incredibly valuable. He came back late in the season after missing a handful of games down the stretch. He had a big game in a nothing game against the Bucks C team on Sunday. But it was really nice to see him kind of get back rolling. His three point shooting is valuable. They can play small with him and take Jakob Pertl out, which might be a thing you got to do against this Bulls team, which has a, a stretch big and Nikola Vucevic uh, to keep in, in mind of. Also, uh, you know, just the fact that he can just soak up minutes to make so not everybody has to play 48 is very valuable after that you have precious achua and chris boucher who are kind of the next guys off the bench um precious has been very up and down he's a roller coaster of a player he's played pretty well down the stretch had a couple good games over the weekend his defense is going to be incredibly valuable specifically on the wings against a bulls team that likes to pull you out with, with sort of smaller guard oriented play i think precious is going to have a role to play chris boucher I think he might be the guy who's sort of most on the bubble. He's very up and down. When he's good, he's incredible, and he's such a valuable, electrifying piece off the bench. When he's bad, he just kind of doesn't do much, and you can't have dudes not doing too much in a one-off, winner-go-home game. So Boucher has a history of being very good against the Bulls. If they can get that Boucher, he'll play a lot in this game, and the Raptors will have an eight-man rotation. If the bench guys falter at all, which has been a story all season long, we will see all five starters play 40-ish minutes or more in the playing game. No doubt about it. Nick Nurse does not care about hurting the feelings of his bench players who have kind of let him down for the most part this season. Let's talk about Nick Nurse, who may have a sure. short-term short vision of this team for one reason or another uh, with the minutes that he plays. 
what are the why are these stories coming out now and do you think it'll affect this team in the playoffs that Nick Nurse may have one foot out the door right now honestly this team's been so kind of in disarray and inconsistent all season long that I'm not sure this whole Nick Nurse uncertainty hanging over the team is going to matter much for those who don't know Nick Nurse about a week before the end of the season had some interesting comments there was a report in the Toronto Star by Doug Smith, very plugged in, longtime Raptors beat guy, who said that the Raptors and Nick Nurse maybe weren't on the same page, that there could be some potential movement in the offseason with the Rockets highlighted as a potential destination for Nick Nurse, considering his ties to that franchise going back to his G League days. And then asked before a game in Philadelphia, a very big game for the Raptors, mind you, uh, about just sort of his general state of mind. It wasn't even a direct question about the piece that came out. Nick Nurse went on a whole soliloquy about how, hey, I might take a couple weeks after the season, see where things are at, see how the relationship is. And it just felt like bizarre timing with the team in a play-in push, still with the eight seed very much a possibility for them. I don't think it's changed the way they play all that much, but you would imagine they're probably this sort of uncertainty doesn't help matters at all, right? You know, as far as the ceiling for this team, the ceiling is probably getting waxed by the Bucks in the first round anyway. I don't <laughs> think this changes anything, but it does leave a big question mark for the offseason as to what the changes might be. And if I'm picking changes to happen, I think the players have played pretty well after the Acapurtle trade. And I think the core starting five, it's been really good. One of the best lineups in basketball. Nick Nurse has kind of made himself the public target for a big change, and I would expect that this is probably the last few days of Nick Nurse in Toronto, just based on reading the tea leaves. You don't go off on a soliloquy like that if you're planning to stick around, I guess is my sort of reading of what happened there from trying to read between the lines. Oh, reading between the lines of what coaches say. Who knows that? <laughs> Who's not, who knows that better than us? Uh, what are the biggest strengths and weaknesses of this team on the court? Basically, how do they win games? How have they lost games this season? They win games when they kind of let flow creep into their offense. Their defense is very good. Again, it's been sixth in the NBA since the trade deadline. I think that's going to do a pretty good job of slowing down the Chicago Bulls. OG Ananobi in particular has been a menace guarding DeMar DeRozan all season long. Per the NBA.com matchup data, 118.3 partial possessions. DeMar has been guarded by OG. The Bulls have scored 101 points on those, a 0.85 points per possession clip. DeMar's got six turnovers to go along with just 14 points scored in those possessions, which extend to well over the number of possessions you get in a single game. He's the second most guarded guy by OG this season. I think the defense is going to be all right. The offense is going to have to play within the flow that is created essentially out of the Yakupertal Fred Van Vliet pick and roll. When they have that as their sort of core play, tons of good stuff comes from out of it. You get Scotty Barnes cutting, OG Ananobi cutting and hitting catch and shoot threes. Pascal Siakam can play more of a secondary wing creation role, pick his spots, go into the post. Lots of guys to post up on this smaller Bulls team. So I think that's going to be an avenue for them to get looks. Uh, but if they don't play within the flow and they kind of bog down in your turn, my turn mismatch hunting, which they've gotten into trouble with this season, that's a problem. Also, they got to hit their threes. This has been a really bad three-point shooting team all season long. When they hit their threes, they look incredible. They look truly unstoppable. This is the maddening thing about this team. Their highs are incredibly high. Their lows are incredibly low, and those are often associated with their three-point shooting nights. If they can hit their threes against the Bulls, it's pretty fundamental. It's basic. It's not very hard analysis, but hit threes, good, and the Raptors, I think, will be in pretty good shape. OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, and uh, Gary Trent Jr., the three main guys there who take the lion's share of the important threes for this team. They're going to have to be good. At least two of those guys 
will have to have good nights. Otherwise, the Raptors will be in trouble against a pretty good Bulls defense. It's wild how many teams so far, do, me doing these previews, have said that exact thing. Like, if they hit their threes, they're, they're great. They can beat anybody. I mean... Welcome to 2023 so, in the NBA, baby. Here, here we are. Um, the FanDuel line for the playing game against the Bulls is Raptors minus five. So the Raptors are five-point favorites against the Bulls. Um, what are the expectations for this team? Do, do, do fans, media, the team itself, and then you... Do they expect to cover that spread to win that game against the Bulls and then to move on? Or, or what is, is it the expectation go farther than that? I think the fans expect uh, to not expect anything, right? Like it's just <laughs> been such an inconsistent season that I don't think any outcome would be surprising here. They could come out and lay a total egg. It would be like, yeah, that about checks out. Uh, and people would be all right because it improves their draft position. If they win and play a really good game, I don't think that'll be shocking either because they have it within them. For me, I think at the very least, you got to win this game and then figure out what happens in the next playing game. It'd be really fun if the Raptors could go through a gauntlet of DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry on their way to making the playoffs. Mm. That's a, a plot here if they get Bulls heat in the two playing games here. They lose to Chicago. It's disappointing, but ultimately, like I said, the ceiling for this team is not especially high, and there is a draft-related you know, incentive, I suppose, to lose this game if you're the kind of freak who cares whether they pick 12th or 14th, but <laughs> it's there. And so I, I think the fan base will make their peace with whatever happens here. Truthfully, I think the most important thing for this team was seeing what they looked like with Jacoperto, which was pretty good, and they can go into the offseason with that. What happens here in the play-in, I don't know if it has all that much bearing on what's going to happen in the future. And I think, again, with this being the most aggressively 500 team you will ever see, I really think anything is on the table in these play-in games. And I'm just going to kind of watch to enjoy the fun of one-off basketball and not really <laughs> worry about the big implications of what's to come up here because this feels almost like window dressing compared to the 26 games they played with Jakob Pertl after the deadline. The Atlanta Hawks would disagree that they are they are the, <laughs> the most aggressively 500 team. <laughs> because the Hawks are legitimately the most 500 team we may have ever seen. Go listen to... By the way, the Raptors are in this game, in the 9-10 game, because back in November, the Raptors and Hawks tiebreaker was decided by an end-of-game buzzer beater by A.J. Griffin after a massive Scotty Barnes defensive breakdown, which is just the most Raptors-Hawks sort of entwined destiny thing you could possibly expect for this season. It's, uh, yeah, they, they belong in this game, no doubt. I expect that second play-in game then to come down to a AJ Griffin, like a Scotty Barnes block on AJ Griffin now. But well, here's to go the, thing. the opposite. The first way. one, the first one is almost certainly coming down to Demar Derozan and hitting hitting like a turnaround jumper mm. at the buzzer to win the game and break everybody's hearts in some sort of revenge five years out from the trade. Uh, yeah, lots of different things go on in this game, like I said, and nothing would surprise me uh, except that if it was like a boring game where nothing insane happened, that might surprise me because these Raptors as five as they are it's either hot or cold there's no room temperature with this team whatsoever they are a 500 team on net average as opposed to their night to night output a podcast that is also not room temperature always coming in spicy hot lockdown raptors <laughs> go listen to sean woodley daily on youtube or wherever you get your podcast thanks for hanging out with us on the lockdown nba playoff preview of course man anytime i was talking to the audience but yeah you too oh all right sorry <laughs> i added <laughs> that I, i'm out. gonna leave that in at the end